All right, let's open up our Bibles now, and we're going to hear from the Word of God. Uh, we are in the book of James. I believe we're in week four um, in the series, uh, looking at the book of James. We're in James chapter two, right? I, I think I say James chapter two. James chapter one, sorry. James chapter one, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22, I'm going to read to 25. I'll be reading from the ESV version, if you guys can follow along. James chapter 2, verse 22. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks in the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Amen. Uh, thanks, Peter. And again, welcome. Uh, good to see um, kind of familiar faces and kind of new faces, people who joined us before lockdown. Uh, it's good to see everyone here. Um, again, as Peter mentioned, let's continue to pray for Ukraine um, and everything that's going on there, um, especially, um, yeah, that God, God would work to open gospel opportunities and he would be with um, our fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. Now, I want to go into James. Um, Before we jump into today's word, let me pray for us, and then um, we'll begin. Let me pray. God, I pray that you would speak to us through your living word, and even as we consider the things going on around the world, remind us that our lives are frail and brief, and we don't control We don't control our lives like we might think we do. We are in need of you. We are in need of your word, of your guidance. And so God, speak to us today. Uh, Make us desperate as we consider our lives and how quickly they may pass. Uh, So speak to us uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, There is something that I am confident that every single one of us uh, did this morning. We're all different. Uh, different ages, different heights, came from different places around you know, Sydney. But doesn't matter, every single one of us, we all did this one thing, um, at least once. Maybe some of us, we did it a few times. I think some of us, we might have done it like 10 times. Right? Every single one of us, not breathed, not blinked, right? that's cheating. Every single one of us looked into the mirror. Right? Yeah? No? Yes? If you're saying no... It's because you're on live stream and you're still in bed probably. But every single one of us here, I'm sure, right, we looked in the mirror, right? Once, five, maybe ten times. And if you didn't look in the mirror, uh, maybe you should because there's a good chance that you got, you know, maybe something that you need to fix up, the back of your hair. You know, this morning, by the way, um, my mother-in-law was like, look at the back of your hair, you know, it's sticking up. And I was like, okay. And I ran to look at the mirror, right? We need to look in the mirror. The illustration that um, James drives this passage with is this idea of looking in the mirror. 
And basically, he's saying that reading God's word is like looking in the mirror, right? So this analogy we're going to see is the driving point of this passage. God's word is the mirror to our lives, right? So how are we meant to then interact with this spiritual mirror in our lives? There's three points today, right? It's actually the title of today's sermon, right? It's, oh, I went went back. All right, don't worry. It's read, remember, respond. Okay, that's it. Simple. Read, remember, respond. And the first thing we need to do then is we need to read God's word. All right, let's read verse 22 as we jump into James. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Right, this is going to be, by the way, the, the main point of what he's saying here. At the end of it all, right, point three, it's going to be do the word. Right, don't just hear it. Don't just read it. Don't just remember it. At the end of it, it needs to show up in your life. Right? This is the kind of real point that James wants to push. But before we get there, right, we're going to take two more steps. Right, but that's the point. He keeps going on. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Right? So here's the analogy. A man or a woman looking intently at his face or her face in the mirror. Right? What does a mirror do? Right? What does a mirror do? We've all been here before, you having a good time with your friends, everyone's laughing, people are telling stories and telling jokes, ha ha ha, it's so good, sorry guys, I'm going to go to the toilet for a second, and you go to the toilet, you're washing your hands, and then you look up at the mirror, and then you see something, right, you realize something that everyone else knew for the last two hours, right, you got something stuck, you know, in your nose, or in your teeth, or in your hair, and you're like, oh my goodness, right? how long has that been there? Right? Did everyone know? Oh, everyone knew. Of course everyone knew, right? It's so obvious. Right? If I take it out, will everyone know that I now know, and that I know that they know, that I know? Right? And you're like, oh no, what's going on? That's what a mirror does. A mirror, when you look into a mirror, it shows you who you are. But when you think about that, it's showing you all the good things. Oh, you look good today, Paul, right? Your skin's looking nice, or oh, your hair's very good. But it also shows you the bad things, right? the things you need to change. Right? Maybe, you know, I don't know, you're getting old, you've got some white hair, you've got something stuck in you. Right? It shows you who you are so that you can then act on it. That's what a mirror does. And that's what the Word of God does. Right? James is saying that's what the Word of God is. It's a spiritual mirror to your life. It reveals to you who you are. It reveals to you your good and your bad. The areas of your life that you are like Jesus Christ. The godly parts of your life. But at the same time, when you look into the mirror of God's word, it will also show you the things that aren't that good. It will expose to you your sins and your flaws, your character traits that you need to improve. The ways you aren't like Jesus and the things that you must change. The word is a mirror. It shows you who you are. And so when you look through the Word and you see characters in the Bible, some of them are good, and you're like, I'm like that, or I'm not like that in certain ways. Some characters are bad, and you're like, I'm like that, or I'm not like that in certain ways. Jesus, the perfect model for us. When you look at Jesus, you're able to see yourself and see the parts that you need to change, or the commands of Christ and the epistles. All of the Scripture, when you look at it, 
will reveal something, not only about God, but also something about you. And sometimes when we read it, we realize, man, I need to love people better. I need to steward my money better. I need to remember eternity better. I need to pray for my brothers and sisters around the world better. I need to find my joy and hope in Christ. I remember once I was going to high school. I don't remember what grade I was. Maybe in the middle, 9, 10. Um, I don't know why, but none of my friends were there. I must have skipped the train with my friends. And I was getting on the bus at St. Leonard Station, you know, with a bunch of people from my school and from the sister school, right, North Sydney Girls, um, getting on the bus. And just as I was getting on the bus, like, I felt like something like, touched my hair. I was like, hmm, what's that? Maybe, maybe something brushed it. Maybe the wind. Maybe I hit something. I don't know. I got on the bus. Beep. And I'm standing there. And people are like looking at me. Right? Not like the, oh, like he's cool. Not that look. It's like, oh, how embarrassing kind of look, you know? And like, Shh. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it's that thing that touched my hair, right? But I don't know. I can't tell because my friends aren't there. Trying to look in the reflection of the, you know, the, the, the window there, but I can't tell. And I get my sleeve and I, and I wiped it. And it was definitely a bit wet. I'm like, oh, no. I think I got pooped on. Right? And people are like, it's good luck. No, it's not good luck. I'm like, oh, and I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Like, people are like, and they're looking at me. And I'm like this. And I'm, I don't know. I looked at my sleeve. It's wet. But I don't know if I made more of a mess of it. I maybe just smudged it around. But I had gelled hair back then. Maybe I just made a mess of it. And I'm like stressing. I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what do I what do? I do? Right? And what I needed in that moment was a mirror. And so what I did, I got off the bus. Um, our bus actually passed like Woolworths, I think. I got off at Woolworths. I went to Woolworths. I went to the toilet and I cleaned myself up. I don't remember the rest of it. I probably cried. Right? And then I went to school. But that's what we need, right? We need the mirror to show us not only the good things, but especially the ugly parts, the dirty parts, the things that everyone else knows that maybe we don't know. Maybe it takes a little while for us to figure out. But when we see it, then we can know the things that we need to change. I did a bit of a Google search, and so it might not be very accurate, but one, re- one survey of a thousand people in Britain found that you know, women look in the mirror 16 times a day. I saw, saw some of the guys are like, oh, you're so vain. Men, it says, looks in the mirror 23 times a day, right? So women are like, eh. it doesn't matter, 16, 23, whether it's 15 or even 10, that's not infrequent. That's quite a lot of times. Right? Maybe some of us, even in this morning, we would have probably looked in the mirror a few times. We do it to see ourselves, to make sure everything's okay. Our hair's right in place. My shirt looks okay. And yet, how many believers are content to live their whole day without looking in God's mirror even once? Or how many of us are content to live our whole week without ever looking at God's word. Sometimes we feel that, you know, the sermon once a week, is it's enough for me. Right? And if you're here, it's great. Right? It's a great start. And we add on to that maybe growth groups and you discuss the word. That's great as well. Right? Twice a week. But the reality is, the goal that we want to get to is that we're immersed in God's word all the time. Right? At least daily. Right? That's the goal. We have good days, bad days. We have good years, bad years. But we want to strive to get to a place where if we can, and life is busy, I know, where we're looking at God's word 
Seeing Him, but also seeing ourselves in light of who God says we should be. And this is foundational. Because unless we do that, you're like the guy on the bus who's got poop in his hair, and everyone knows, but you don't know because you don't look in the mirror. Don't, Don't be surprised if you're not looking at God's Word if there are messy parts of your life that you just don't know. We need to see ourselves in light of God, and I think then we really know who we are. Without reading the word, you won't see yourself clearly according to God's perspective. And so that's the first part, read God's word. You know, James, he doesn't actually say that we should do this in this passage. He just assumes we're doing this. He says, people who look in the mirror, he assumes the people he's writing to is doing this. This is the first basic step in interacting with God's word. We need to read it. Second, we need to remember God's word. James says, verse 23 to 24, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away And at once forgets what he is like. Imagine a person who looks in the mirror and they're like, oh, I've got got something in my teeth. Everyone's known that for two hours, got something in my teeth. And they turn around to get a floss or maybe some tissue to, to wipe it off. But as soon as they turn around, they forget. And they walk back out to their friends with that thing stuck in their teeth. Right? How silly. Right? Like that never happens, right? Who does that? It's meant to be a bit humorous. Like when you hear that, you're like, who looks in the mirror and forgets straight away as soon as they turn around? If you see yourself, you would remember the things that you need to change. But let me ask you this. Have you ever read the Bible, sat in a sermon, been in growth groups, and the moment you leave the hall of the sermon, or the moment you close the Bible for your personal devotions, or growth groups finish, you say amen, and you leave the house, everything that you heard and everything that you read and discussed, you leave there, and it never comes back to your mind for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. That's what James is talking about. You look into the God's Word. I've been there. I'm so convicted by what I'm seeing or hearing. I'm like, yes, amen. I journal about it. Maybe I write a post to some people like on our group chat. And then I leave my room and I don't think about what I heard for the rest of the day. That's like a person who says, I need to get this thing out of my tooth. And then walks off and never takes it out of their teeth. Never responds because we fail to remember. Right? We are so forgetful. James calls this person in verse 25, the hearer who forgets. We read the word, but we don't remember it. Remembering God, remembering God's word is so important. God in the Old Testament continually tells his people, don't forget. Remember. Remember who I am. Remember what I've said. Remember what I've promised you. I'm just going to read three passages for us. Psalm 77. The psalmist says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. Right? I will remember. I will remember. I will ponder. I will meditate. What about Deuteronomy chapter 4? This is God speaking to his people. 
God says, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Verse 23, take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 11. God says, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Lay it up, he says, in your heart, in your soul. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children. Talking of them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Do you see how God is telling his people, store it up, make sure you don't forget. Put them on your hand, talk about them with your children, when you're lying, when you're sleeping, when you're walking. Put them on your doorpost, he says. I love that idea. You know, for a while when I was trying to uh, memorize verses, I'd get um, a, stick, a sticky note and I'd write my verse on it and I'd stick it on my steering wheel. So I, on the drive to, to church when I had an office, I'd, I'd read it. And, and, and that's probably not safe. <laughs> Don't call the cops to me. It might be helpful when someone cuts you off and you're about to honk the horn and it's like, love your neighbor, right? But, you know, just put it, put it in places. When I was in university, I'd carry a folder, and I had, on the front part of your folder, you know, people put stuff there. You put, like, you know, actors and stuff like that. You know, I had, for a period, um, just a bunch of Bible verses. And I'm not saying this to say how great I am, but I think that's the extent we need to go to, to, to keep it in mind, or else we, we forget. Right? We so easily forget unless it's at the forefront of our minds. And it can be post-it notes. It could be printouts on the wall at home. Change your phone wallpaper so every time you look at it, you've got a Bible passage there. I don't know. There are, there are a lot of creative ways to do this. But the reason why remembering is important is because the path that begins with reading and ends with responding always crosses the bridge of remembering. That's the middle part. You read it, but if you want to get to responding, you need to remember. And we know that reading is important. We know that responding to God's word is important, but oftentimes we don't think that remembering is that important. But without this, we will never respond to God's word. It's like we're walking and there's no bridge there. It's just a hole. And we just, uh, like we, we, don't, we don't get across to the other side. We need to remember. You know, we live in a world where our senses are constantly being bombarded by the here and now. Right? We see, we taste, we smell, we touch this world. Today, my anxieties in this world, work, school, my studies, my family, right? they're my anxieties. They're the things that I'm thinking about right now. But these things of now are not our greater reality. Right? Our greater reality as Christians are things that we can't taste, touch, see, and smell. Our greater realities are things of heaven, Jesus Christ, eternity, hell, the devil. And we can't see these things. We can't touch these things. And we're constantly being bombarded by the now when we're meant to, as the Bible says in, what is it, 2 Corinthians 4. We're meant to look to the unseen, he says. The things that are eternal. It's hard. In order to do that, we need to really fight for that. Because by default, you're not going to remember God. Because you can't see him. You're not going to remember eternity. 
uh, because you get an email or a text or something happens at work and that's going to consume you. We really need to fight for this one. You need to fight to remember. I think this is a lot of times where what we read, what we heard, what we discussed in growth groups just leaves our lives. Back in 2003, I went on my first short-term mission trip. I was in first year university, um, and a few people went with me. Actually, Song Su was there, and Paul Mi was there. Um, it was a good time. I think I just became a Christian. One of the best things I took away from that trip were the Bible verses that we were forced to memorize. Right? If we didn't memorize them, we did some push-ups. That was, that was the way we did it back then. I don't mind that. It made me a bit stronger. Um, on the lead up to the trip, as we were preparing, we'd memorize a verse every week. And we prepared, like, I think for like five, six months. So we memorized maybe a couple of dozen before we left. And then when we got there, we memorized the verse every day. Right? And so by the time we left, we had memorized like a few dozen passages. Right? We, on the trip, on the plane trip there, we memorized Psalm 1 and Psalm 23. And I didn't realize it at the time. But this was really kind of, um, I think it was life-changing for me. Because as I live my life, these verses that I kind of really stored up at the back of my mind or in my heart, they just pop up. And God would you know, really speak to me through his word things that I needed to know at a certain moment. Just remind me of you know, what he has said in his word. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm getting angry and it's, you know, love your neighbor. You know, it's, it's this idea of you know, storing it. In our hearts. Psalm 119, it says this. The psalmist says, How can a young man keep his way pure? Right? How can I be holy, he says, by guarding my life according to your word. Right? If I guard my life according to your word, that's the path of holiness. And then he says in verse 11, So I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The path of holiness is by guarding it to God's word. So we need to store up God's word. And the psalmist says, I've stored it in my heart. And when we memorize God's word, right, you're keeping it with us all the time. This is a way of remembering. Now, I'm not saying we need to remember the Bible. But I'm saying, what I want to say is, between reading God's word and memorizing God's word, there's like a lot of space in between. And I just want us to nudge closer toward this. Don't just read the word and leave it behind. Don't just hear a sermon and leave it behind. There are things that we can do to remember God's word more, even if it's not remembering a Bible passage word for word. Right? It could be, and I'm not saying you have to do this, right? I don't want next week everyone to do this, but it could be writing, writing notes in the sermon. You know? that, that's just... But even that, sometimes you could do that and close it and forget. Maybe write notes and try to remember. Like, there are things we can proactively do to really remember what we read. Don't just go to growth groups and have a good discussion. Maybe write on a post-it note. Stick it on your wall. Right? To proactively go out of a way to make sure that what I've heard or what I've read or what I've discussed or reflected, I'm carrying with me throughout my day and through my week. Right? This is the middle step we need to take if we want to do the last one. And what's the last one? We need to respond to God's word. And again, this is the landing point, really got James's message in this passage do God's word. Respond to God's word. Reading the word is great. Right? If you're here in a sermon, again, it's great that you're here. If you're going to growth groups, that's even better. If you're trying to read the Bible on a consistent basis, that's awesome. But reading is not enough. Right? We want to read and then we want to remember. 
many creative ways to do that, but we do that so we can respond. We need to respond. James says, let's read, let's read verse 22 to 25 together, all right? James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, right, he's talking about God's word here now. So he's saying God's word is like a mirror. You look into the word, the perfect word, the law of liberty, and per- perseveres, being no hearer who forgets. So you look at it, but then you don't forget it. You remember it. No hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. Right? Look, remember, but then also do. James says three times in these three verses, doer. He talks about the doer. The doer who does the word, the doer who acts. And again, that's the goal. At the end of the day, you don't want to just look in the mirror. You don't want to just see the thing in your teeth. You don't want to just remember, I've got something in my teeth. I've got something in my teeth. You want to then do something about it, right? It, it makes, it's obvious, right? That's what God wants us to do when we come to his word. The end goal, always, when we interact with God's word, is that it will change our lives. We don't want to just come and learn something. Just want to fill our minds with more knowledge. We don't want to just gather for growth groups and have a good discussion, break it down, or what the Greek says and the Hebrew says, and these things are good. But we want to carry it beyond that. At the end of it all, it's life change. We want to love the king, we want to live his way. That's the end goal, live his way. That God's word will transform us. Right? It's not enough that we take a hold of God's word, God's word, God's word is meant to take a hold of us. That's the goal. God's word will change us. You know, today's sermon is finished. Not in five minutes when I say let's pray. Right? It's finished not when I stop preaching. It's finished when you start living the word. Right? And I want us to think of it that way. Right? Today's sermon is not finished when I start preaching the word. It's when you start living the word. Your growth groups, Bible study is not finished when you say, okay, um, application, let, let's close in prayer. It's not when it's finished. It's finished when it shows up in your life. I want us to think that way. God's word, the purpose of it is completed when it shows up in your life and when there is life change. Always That's the desire. Something to change in the way that I think about myself or God or my life. My convictions to be stirred and then for it to show up in my daily life. When I go to work, when I go to family, when I go to study, whatever it is. I've said before, you know, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, we end with a closing prayer and closing song. And sometimes I feel like that's the wrong word for it. Because it can kind of imply that we're done. We're, we're, we're finished with the praying. We're finished with the singing. We're finished with the worship. We're finished with the sermon. And let's go off to the rest of our lives. Until we gather again next Sunday when we can gather again to pray and worship and sing. And sometimes, like I think I've said once before, maybe we should call it our opening prayer. And our opening song. Because really what we're trying to do is we're meant to open the rest of the week up. 
so that we might have a week from Monday to Saturday of singing, of praying, of worship, of applying what we heard in the word until we gather again next Sunday and just continue what we've been doing from Monday to Saturday. But that is the life that God calls us to as Christians. Everything we're doing here doesn't stop. Right? So I'm not saying we're going to change what we call it. But you know, sometimes I think that. Maybe that's what we should do. You know, when I think about us as Kingsway, I, I don't know if we have a struggle with reading God's word. I'm sure we do. Many of us do. We go through good and bad seasons. But I don't think we struggle with a knowledge problem. We probably struggle with an obedience problem. Right? Applying what we know. What we know to show up in our lives. Not just to have good theological, intellectual discussions, but for it to actually show up in the life change that we have. You know, it's far better for someone to do much with the little they know than for someone to do little with the much they know. But to do much with the little they know, that's far better than for someone to do little with the much they know. When I look at my life, I know that I am a person who probably does little with the much that I know. It doesn't matter how much I know. It doesn't matter that I went to Bible college if it's not showing up in my life. That's what counts in the end. And so you might have grown up in the church and you may know a lot. And in growth groups, you may know all the right answers. And that's good. That's a good place to start. But you want to do much with the much you know or do much with the little you know, but not do little with the much you know. All right, let's get to this place where we will respond to God's word. And so let me ask you, when it comes to God's word, which of these do you struggle with the most? Right? Do you struggle to read or remember or respond? Now, if you're kind of new here, new Christian, new to church, or you've taken a break and you come back and you just need to start reading, right? just take baby steps. What I'd encourage you to do is two things. Start tonight and not tomorrow. Right? By, by tomorrow, you, you won't remember what I said. Right? So start tonight. And just start easy. Right? I think what we did with Philippians was five minutes every day through Philippians. Do five minutes with James tonight. Set a timer, five minutes. Find James in your Bible. Right? It's near the last half. Just spend five minutes at your pace. Right? Maybe you can read a little bit and just think about it. Until the timer goes. Five minutes might feel like a long time. That's it. And then try doing that for the rest of the week. And just see how that goes. Right? Just read. If you struggle to remember... Again, there's many creative ways that you can go about to remember. But really, it's, it, it's up to you. Write a post-it note. Change your wallpaper on your phone. And you can set a reminder. Like if you read the Bible in the morning, set a reminder on your phone for 12 or 1 p.m. that day and just write a little thing. So that as you're going about the, your day, your phone will ring. It'll, the reminder will go off and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I read. Right? Maybe that's one way to remind yourself. Right? Get your growth group involved. Maybe you can memorize a Bible passage this week. Many different ways we can try to remember God's word. Or third, respond. If you're trying to respond, part of it is we need God's help, God's conviction, and a part of it is you just need to do it. So just do it. Respond to God's word. Let me close with an illustration. Charles Swindle gave this illustration once. I'm going to adapt it. But he told the story of a businessman from a long time ago who was leaving his company to go overseas to kind of expand the business. And as he left, he, he left his assistant in charge. And he said, I'm going to leave you in charge for the next eight months. And I won't be here, but I'm going to keep sending you letters. I'm going to give you instructions. I'm going to write to you and tell you what to do. 
right, make sure you read them, and I'm going to go. And the businessman, he went away. Months go by, and he keeps sending letters to his assistant. He gives direction. He spells out his expectation. He gives his instructions. And after eight months, he comes back. And as he comes back, he's stunned. And not in a good way, in a bad way. Even before he enters the door, there's grass and weeds overgrowing right in the garden in front of the office. He looks around and the windows are dirty and some of them are broken. And so he's kind of confused. He walks in and as soon as he goes in, he sees the receptionist with their foot on the table, they're chewing gum, right, and they're listening to music. He looks around, the rubbish bins are overflowing, the carpets haven't been cleaned, they're stained. People are doing a whole bunch of things, but none of it is work. So he's like, he grabs a person and says, hey, where's the assistant? And the person says, I I think maybe over that way. So the businessman goes in that direction, and he bumps into the assistant who's just finished playing a game of table tennis with the sales manager. And the businessman's like, come to my office. So they both go into the office that's now been changed into a lounge room, and there's a TV and beanbags there. And the businessman says to his assistant, what in the world is going on? And the assistant says, what do you mean? And the businessman says, he says, look at this place. Did you even get my letters? And the assistant, he smiles. And he starts nodding and he says, yeah, we got them all right. We read every single one of them. In fact, we met in, we met in the middle of the week in small groups and we discussed your letters. We talked about how great they are. You said some great things. And you'd be pleased to know that some people even memorized some of what you wrote. And the businessman says, all right, you got them, you read them, you discussed them, you memorized them, but what did you do about them? And the assistant looks confused and he says, do about them? We didn't do anything about them. Right, Kingsway, when Jesus returns, what kind of a church will he find? And what kind of a people will he find? Right, let's make sure that when he returns, he will find a church and a people that didn't just read and didn't just remember, but we responded to God's word. And that he would say to us, not what in the world is going on, but that he would say to us, good, well done, good and faithful servant. All right, let's close our eyes. And let's pray. The book of James is a really practical book. And so he tells us what Christians should be doing. And the purpose isn't to add burden to any of us. It's not to force us to do something that we don't want to do. But in our attempts to follow Jesus... You know, if you want to love Jesus and if you want to live His way, this is one of the things we do. If you want to, as a Christian, we should be reading His Word. We should remember and we should respond. Why don't we each come before God, lay our lives at His feet and ask that He would help us to read, to remember and to respond that when He returns, that He would find us having lived out what He has said. I think a part of it is simply 
just our willingness to put our lives into his hands and say, God, do what you want with my life. I submit it to your word and to your will. Have your way with me. Can you make that your prayer today? God, I give you my life. Speak to me and help me to remember it as I go about the busyness of life in the midst of the noise of the life that I live on this earth and that I would have the strength and the conviction and courage to do something about what you've said to me. Let's just commit ourselves this week to live for God. I don't know about the weeks after or the rest of the year. This week, God, I'm going to live according to your word. Let's make that our commitment today. Let's pray.